Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, Tara Strong here, and you're listening to the GeekCast Radio Network. With these infernal setbacks never end, the revolution begins now. Jazz here, and I'm jiving to this episode of Transformation Animation featuring Mike Blanchard, Stephen C. Phillips, and Michael Wilson. <laughs> you promised you wouldn't laugh! Hello and welcome to episode 7 of Transformation Animation Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Jim and Mike, and joining me is Steve Megatron. Hello. Good day. And Pecan Court Michael. Hello. Hey, how's it going? It's going, and we kicked uh, Optimus Solo back to Cybertron. <laughs> Don't That's let the door hit nice. you. With the <laughs> exactly. good lord split you. Today we'll be starting season two of Transformers Animated, so what's going on with you, Steve? Not Shiza. Michael? Uh, the same old. Oh, you know what? Actually, as long as we're talking about Transformers, something cool did happen to me today. Uh, Chrissy and I went to the borders nearby, then everything's marked down to 40% off. Yeah. And, and uh, well, first thing, I found a copy of the uh, Dark of the Moon book. And I thought maybe I'd pick that up since everyone was talking about how it differed from the movie. Secondly, on an end cap, marked down to 40% were all of the uh, Reveal the Shield G1 homage toys. <laughs> like, all those, all those figures that weren't supposed to be anywhere, you know, that I thought I'd have to order online, were yeah. at a were at borders of all places wow that's all, weird all the legends class toys the the, the, so, the little g1 optimus and the g1 megatron that transforms into a gun yep yeah i was uh, getting ready just to break down and buy those online and i found them in a borders it was crazy and wow. I, I came back with like 10 of them and chrissy's like no and i said yes so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised with Borders going out of business. I'm surprised you didn't look to pick up uh, War for Cybertron uh, Exodus. Oh, you know, I didn't see it. I, I actually found the uh, Dark of the Moon novel by accident. I was kind of over there by the anime, and it was sitting yeah. somewhere, and I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to grab that. <laughs> yeah, so I had a, a huge haul 
uh, Christy bought a whole bunch of books for the boys and a whole bunch of teaching resources. So she had a huge haul. I mean, we made two trips. Forty <laughs> percent was not something we were gonna we were gonna take lightly. Yeah. So yeah, we spent altogether too much money at Borders, but you know they're not gonna be there much longer. Yeah, they're unfortunately this, not. Yeah, they're starting to sell the fixtures. <laughs> and I know uh, Brad Blankenship was talking about buying fixtures there. Not <laughs> not at mine, but at his. You know where right, where, where yeah. he lives. And I'm thinking, you know, it's a hundred bucks for a bookshelf. That's that's not bad. And they're big. And they're big. Yeah, they're like they're you know huge. six foot tall bookshelves. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm sorely tempted to pick up a couple. <laughs> where are you gonna put them? I oh, there's the problem. <laughs> Over the border. <laughs> I have no idea. I have nowhere to put them in my house. I, definitely not in my office. I got no room in here. Not yeah. for a six foot tall bookshelf. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, so that was my day. Yeah, I'm currently in the process of packing everything up and, and moving again. So there's that. Yay, good riddance. I mean, even I, though is that, <laughs> that going to put you on top of the neighbors that make all the noise, or how's that? Gonna yeah, work? yeah. He's going to below them. <laughs> uh, I used to think all the bad neighbors were above me, but now they're going to be below me. Starscream, this is bad comedy. <laughs> this is bad sodomy. I was waiting for that. Lubrication oh Starscream. <laughs> oh my god. Alright, so sodomy. we got another Twitter message from Salem Blood because apparently the voicemail line wasn't working yet again. I figured out what the hell was wrong with that. I don't want to get into a rant about why it wasn't working. But she says, hello, hello, cast of Transformation Animation Podcast. I have three things for you this week. I already mentioned the voicemail line thing. Uh, Join the voicemail. She's, no. Number two, let me lay this out for you so there will not be any misunderstanding. And she's talking about all of the different Thundercats weapons. Lionel has the Sword of Omens. Tiger has his whip. Panthro has the nunchucks with open away cat paws. Chitara has the bow staff. Wily Kit and Wily Cat have the bolas, ball bearings, and special capsules, which house several chemical spray components compounds um yeah we kind of already knew that but and, and it's not that i'm trying to discount her telling us this but i could have sworn at some point in one of the first episodes of the original thundercat series that lino had a makeshift bola weapon at some point but either way that's neither here nor there uh, number three, do you think Porter C. Powell proves to be the worst human character above the season one humans as far as the first three episodes of season two goes? Well, we'll find that out today. Um, once again, thank you for this sweet podcast. You guys are highly entertaining, so keep up the good work. P.S. Not to beat a dead horse, a Cybertronian teched out toilet. Really? You really, <laughs> really, really never thought all this could exist without needing to be Cybertronian? I do not think everything in New Detroit are products of Sundak Systems. The key, like in Sam's Kitchen, second movie, transforms any tech it comes in contact with. No need for it to be all Cybertronian. I had been to a medical research lab for mandatory employment drug test. In the little bathroom I was escorted to, after placing all of my belongings in a box, a lockable toilet with a lit red light, an off-green light, I guess indicating it was locked, no water in the metal toilet at all, but... <laughs> Look at the walls inside. It looked like it uses the blue chemical stuff instead of water when flushed. 
No sink in the room either. I had to wash my hands in the sink next to the small restroom after giving the lab tech the filled sample cup. Then Take I heard no her. Chances. Then I heard her flush the toilet while I was leaving. Makes me wonder if there was once a market for powdered instant clean piss to pass during drug tests. Just add water. Uh, this is where I saw Sari's toilet in real life. And yes, I totally passed the drug test. <laughs> powdered wow. piss. That is awesome. <laughs> I, I so like the way this person thinks. It, it, oh yeah. Just completely out of the box. <laughs> Um, okay. One of the huge issues with her saying that not everything in New Detroit is, uh, powered by Sumdac, it's pretty much stated. I mean, he pretty much, in the first season, it's pretty much stated 50 years later, New Detroit is the way it is because of him, his reverse engineering stuff. Yeah. Um, that's why it's New Detroit as opposed to Old Detroit. Right, and I mean... Which is no he... longer here. <laughs> Part of it has to be there, because that's where the Autobots live. No, oh, that's true. They live in the in the uh, New Detroit Autobot ghetto. Part of town. Oh, God. The Autobot ghetto? The Autobot-ly part of town. <laughs> oh, there goes the neighborhood. Autobots just moved in. Great. <laughs> but, I mean, they specifically said... You know, 50 years later and all these, you know, advances and everything else, the way that it, the way it's presented in the in the Transformer and Rollout movie to me is that because like Isaac Sumdak was, you know, the, the the evolutionary of that city as far as his technology advancing all this stuff. So I don't know. I, I'm willing to buy that. Sure. I guess That's for a dollar. <laughs> yeah, no. There is no RoboCop guy here. Thank you very much. I'll buy that for $2. Uh, on a side note, if you go on Twitter and you and you tweet, I'll buy that for a dollar. I know. There, yeah, there's a there's a bot. I'm assuming it's a bot. It has to be. That will respond. It's got a picture of the of the I'd buy that for a dollar guy and it says I'd buy that for a dollar. It's the funniest thing ever and I actually favorited it, that quote. Yeah, I, I blocked that account. <laughs> Are you serious? That is after awesome. About, after about 10 tweets from the same thing, saying the same thing about every single thing I had done, I said, screw it, block. <laughs> oh, how often do you say I'd buy that for a dollar? No, it was a while ago. on Twitter like three years, and I've only said it once. Kind of weird. I just say in podcast form. I don't have to deal with that then. <laughs> So, I guess let's get this show on the road and we'll be moving on to today's episode. Your proof definitely appears to be a fragment of the Allspark. Apparently, your story about dispersing it may not be so far-fetched after all. But sir, you can't honestly believe that. He's a lying, insubordinate crankshaft. He may be a little rough around the edges, but in the heat of battle... Optimus Prime exhibited the qualities of a true leader. Strategic thinking, determination, and above all, loyalty. Something you could stand to learn a thing or two about, Sentinel Prime? First up today is the Elite Guard. With Isaac Sumdak missing, he was actually captured by Megatron at the last minute. 
Sari has a hard time running his business. The Cybertron Elite Guard, consisting of Ultra Magnus, Jazz, and Sentinel Prime, have arrived on Earth to locate the Allspark. It is eventually discovered that the Allspark wasn't destroyed, but dispersed throughout the city, where a shard of energy causes an assembly line to go out of control. Meanwhile, Megatron has Isaac begin to construct a space bridge so that his Decepticons can invade Cybertron. Following the aftermath, Sumdac System CEO Porter C. Powell reveals to Sari that there are no records of her birth or adoption, meaning that Sari can't prove herself to be the daughter of Isaac Sumdac or that she even exists. She's not alive! Oh, what, what is that line? Um, you know what this means? This means you no longer exist! I forget what the hell that's from, though. Beast Wars, the agenda? That's right. That's right. It's a Megatron, Megatron line. Do, That's do right. the line, Megatron. That's, yeah. And you, you no longer exist. Yeah, that's, <laughs> see, I've got Beast Wars on the brain. I guess so. Uh, I Powell come can... back. <laughs> <laughs> Powell can go to hell. Uh. It's not that he's a bad human character and he plays more into the story of what's being developed. He's not just a one-off character, but just his his whole demeanor, his whole attitude. This guy can just go fuck himself for all I care. He can go fuck himself for all. He's an evil businessman. Yes. He's a prick. (laughs) He's the Edward Dillinger of Transformers Animated. Who's that? Tron. Oh my god, are you serious? I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, Tron. I just flipped my mind there. Tron? Yeah, I Edward haven't seen, I haven't seen Tron have... Legacy yet. I, sorry. Oh wow. That is so much better than the first one. I haven't I've seen watched it. it. I've watched it three times. I really? like them on equal ground, but. Anyhow. For... Anyway. Um, <laughs> Jazz in the Elite Guard. Hell yeah, when I saw Jazz, I went nuts. That was awesome. Um, oh, hey, listen to that. It's a robot version of the tick. Spoon! Spoon. You know, I never watched the tick either. Sorry. I have no idea who the tick is. I, yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's let you know who the tick is. Let's go back down memory lane. That's right. Spoon! Take it like a real bot! Yeah, so that's, that's, uh, that's the robot version of the tick. Um... Sentinel's alt mode. A snowplow? Really? Lame. Why is that lame? You That's know how much lame. it snows in Michigan? Okay, yeah, and I, I, I know how much it snows in Michigan, and I know how much it snows in Massachusetts, but I'm sorry. Lame character, lame vehicle mode. Steve, tell them how much it snows in Michigan. Oh, I know snows. how much it snows in Michigan. It snows a lot. I know. You need, like, big ass... Yeah. Big ass trucks. I was just waiting ass. for them to insert like a a fake human driver into Sentinel that had a you know Mr. Plow jacket on or something like that. <laughs> yeah, Homer Simpson driving driving Sentinel Prime with Mr. Plow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, and of course, uh, again, and I I know this is just. It's every time I hear it, I have to make this note. But uh, when Megatron, he's he's blasting. I don't know if I don't think he's blasting Starscream. I don't think we've gotten that far yet, but um, it might be uh, the the G one fusion cannon noise. Love it, just love it. 
Um, that's it, Grimlock. Thrash Sentinel. I would so love it if if Grimlock had Thrash Sentinel. <laughs> Me, Grimlock, kick butt. Ninja Bot Jazz for the win. Oh my god, that was so great. That was awesome. Yeah, Jazz is awesome. I, yeah. I, I, yeah, Jazz is awesome. The Jazz toy is awesome. Uh, looks just like him in the cartoon. Yeah, I will take any Jazz repaints that they ever make. Period. <laughs> so, will, so will, uh, so, so will uh, my buddy Bob Gilmer. He'll do it. He, he's a huge Jazz fan. He, uh, I think he bought. I, I think Bob bought the the Rodimus Cyclonus Transformers Universe two pack, the Battle in Space two pack. He took the Silver Matrix from that and put it on his Mighty Mugs Jazz. <laughs> I was like, why do you want to burden Jazz with all that that stuff? But anyway, um, Optimus Prime is a true leader, unlike Sentinel. He's He knows what the hell he's doing. He's a trooper. Yes. And, and, uh, and, and of course, my last one here, there's no record for sorry at all. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh oh no it's funny because the smarmy business guy steals the company from sorry and she doesn't actually exist yeah but it, you know it, they brought this up in the last episode or the last episode of the last season uh where Sumdak says you know i have something to tell you yeah and she's like yeah yeah not now and and runs off to do her own thing and now you're kind of wishing that You've taken the time to listen to him because he probably would have told you, oh, you know, I got you out of a pumpkin patch or, uh, you know, you, you uh, came out of another dimension or uh, an egg fell out of the sky and you were in it <laughs> or that stork thing. <laughs> I need to insert that somewhere because, oh, my God, if you lo if you look at that, if you look at Bumblebee and Bulkhead's clip. Of yeah. them, of them guessing. <laughs> Where he's wearing some the glasses. Some of those guesses, some of those guesses were actually right. One of them was right on the money. Right. Well, let's not even go. And they too just far gloss to over it. Well, maybe it's a stork thing. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> a stork thing. All right. <laughs> My ass. <laughs> well, it's funny because sorry, I already told Optimus where baby humans come from. <laughs> they come from Megatron. What? <laughs> I don't even know. I don't know what's wrong with Steve. Tonight. They come from outer space, and that's way past Uranus, buddy. <laughs> that's what she said. I'm not sure if that's what you said. But I know what you were going for there? Uh, yeah, they robot baby humans come from Megatron. Uh, yeah, okay. Everything was reverse engineered, so you could technically say Megatron is mommy. Ah, no. <laughs> okay, moving on. Uh, Steve, what did you have for the Elite Guard? Um, well, I actually like this episode. Yes, surprise, I'm There's not... There's nothing not to like. Yes, uh, now that Season two's come in, we have some new characters, new introductions. Uh, I have nothing to hate. Uh, well, I mean, I have some things to hate, uh, as you'll hear this episode, but, um, I love the look of Ultra Magnus. I, I wasn't too sure about how he kind of reigns over Prime, but I still liked his overall appearance. I'll explain that later. Yeah, well, it's a ranking difference in this show. Yeah. Um, 
I like Prowl, and uh, Phil Lamar does the most kick-ass, close, and, jazz. you know, jazz that imitation that could ever be done. Now, I have to tell you guys, and I know... No, that... and I know he went for his own thing, but right. he still had the vibe of Scatman in there. Oh, yeah. Well, the funny thing is, when, when Lupus Convoy and I interviewed Phil... Um, I specifically asked him, did they tell you to go for a Scatman type of feel, or did they want you to do your own thing? And he had said, do my own thing. And then I asked him, I said, you know, if you did a Scatman jazz, what would he sound like? And he gave us an impression of what, and it, I swear, it, it's like Scatman just came out of the, up out of the grave, because it was so dead on. I mean, he could so do a Scatman jazz. Um, but I'm glad that they didn't have him do that. I'm glad that they that he has his own spin on it, and I just I absolutely love it. It's great. I'd like to. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to that again. Yes, yes, I remember sure. that part. But now would be a good time to remind people that we have an interview with the awesome with Phil, Phil Lamar, Lamar. Yeah, on our site, the one, the only. Back. We should link that from the page. I will. I will. Uh, what else, Steve? Well, um. As we've already stated about Spoonman, uh, I'm not a fan of him whatsoever. <laughs> of the of the voice actor or of Sentinel? Um, well, the voice actor you can't penalize for how he was told to portray a character. Uh, being that he played Michelangelo in the past, I can't say anything bad. Although this character does strangely resemble the Tick in his head formation. The giant chin. Well, not only the giant chin, but if you look at it, he's got the uh, the little antennae and the the blue mask around his face. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. And then the the little yeah the thing around his eyes. So I mean, he, the head is almost like a direct knockoff of the tick, just in transformer form. Yeah, it's uh, a hot version of the tick. That's why I said well, it. Well, yeah, and he's a complete ass and an idiot. And I'm glad Mega or uh, eh, uh, Prime Optimus, Optimus Prime. Uh, grew some gonads and stood up to him. Oh man, Optimus growing some gonads in this episode. Holy crap! Yeah, Prime. <laughs> I'd like to has... see you try your worthless crankshaft. <laughs> Prime has become a badass. Yeah, no, I think he just said that not because Prime's a badass, but because he he knew that that would goad Sentinel into attacking him so that he could cuff him. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, nobody but... ever said that Sentinel was smart. Yeah. Oh no! Uh, Optimus... but, I mean, even even later on, Optimus is kind of saying things under his breath, and and I want to say like, uh, it was the next episode in the Return of the Headmaster. He's you know walking away from Sentinel after he just after Sentinel just barbed him, and he's like, yeah, that's what I should have said, you know. Yeah, that's funny. St- st- that's oh, what I should have uh, did. Pomp- pompous windbag. <laughs> no, seriously, he said he says pompous something or other. I I I forget what it is though. Uh, he's like, well, that's yeah. what I should have said, you know. So it's not like, it's not it's not as if he is really stepping up to the plate here and saying, all right, Sentinel, I'm gonna kick your ass. But he's he's well, getting there. Yeah, he's but I to mean, work up throughout the throughout these first three episodes of season two, with the fact that you have Sentinel here now, and. Optimus is basically a teacher to the elite guard. He has to prove everything to them about their story of the Allspark dispersing, about the Decepticons being there. Every day, we rise, 
challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And every time he goes and shows all these leadership qualities, Ultra Magnus even says it. You know, he exhibited yeah. the qualities of a good, you know, leader type character. So Optimus is coming into his own. He's he because of the fact that he's been on Earth and he's had all these experiences that had happened in season one. Right. It's kind of like for those people who are superhero fans, um, look at Superman in Justice League season one. He gets hit every five friggin' seconds, the guy does. Look at Superman in Justice League season two. He's not getting he's not being as douchebaggery getting hit every five seconds as he was in season one. So I mean, it's a it's not a complete turnaround, but they're more so giving the stupid character qualities and, and the immature character qualities to Sentinel now. Right. Well, I mean, like we said at the very beginning, Ultra Magnus says it himself, you know, hero is not in your programming. And slowly over the course of season one, he proves that he is a hero, first against the human bad guys, and then against the actual Decepticons. Yeah. And now that, yeah, now, now that he's actually had a chance to prove himself, you know, hey, I'm a leader, well, the real leaders come along and say, are you sure you're leading... <laughs> Did you guys notice the uh, the ship design? Yep. Very reminiscent of the 90, 1986 movie. Yeah. Except it's blue. It's well, yeah, it. but it's still <laughs> very, very similar. I thought that that, I mean, I thought that the that ship looked kind of just a, like a blue version of what they already have. And in my, in my mind, I'm thinking Omega Sentinel. Yeah, Which is always I, I, a, a blue and silver repaint of Omega Supreme. Right. I'm sure that's what they were going for, but it could be... It's multiples, I would say. I mean, it could be both on both levels. It could be the G1 shuttle, and it also could be Omega Sentinel as well, um, as far as homages. One other thing that I have is, the in, in terms of the ranks, mm-hmm. I can see why Prime is a, uh, a, a rank... I don't see why Magnus is, because technically that makes Ultra Magnus's name Ultra. I think Ultra is the rank. No, Magnus, no, is, Magnus the is the rank. Oh, really? I thought Ultra, yeah. you know, I thought it'd be like Ultra I, Optimus. I wasn't going to see, and, and this is the thing that I don't get, is why they made Magnus the rank, when technically Magnus would sound better as his name, whereas you could have Ultra Optimus or Ultra Sentinel or you know, Ultra Magnus, yeah. I mean, that makes sense, whereas, I mean, even though it doesn't sound altogether that great, but it, it's still better than what they came up with in terms of that. I wasn't gonna, I mean, 
we've kind of already covered it, but I, I wasn't going to cover this until we got to responding to the Cybertronian correspondence, but I wrote down the rankings. In the Transformers Animated Universe, you have Minor, Major, Prime, and Magnus. Um, and Magnus is basically Supreme Leader type, I guess. I mean... There's got to be something between Prime well, you and have Magnus. Rodimus, you, you have Rodimus Major, too, and that's... Just yeah. below Prime, so... Well, Rodimus and... Well, everybody knows Rodimus shows up eventually, so it's not a spoiler for Kevin to say... To talk about Rodimus, but... Um, Minor and Major come into play in Season 3 with Sentinel in flashbacks. Um, Rodimus is Rodimus Prime in Season 3. He's not Major. He's not any other rank. The only reason why... Rodimus has a different rank is on the actual toy because that's just the way Hasbro named the damn toy. They named the toy Rodimus Minor. Um, I don't know why, but... It's before he got a promotion. Yeah. Um, he was a desk jockey. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, anything else, Steve? Uh, no, I think that's it. What about you, Michael, for Elite Guard? Uh, I I like this episode. Uh, I'm re I was really happy to see more characters. Uh, I was beginning to wonder if there was anything that we could really do with the characters that we had in season one. I mean, besides flesh out Grimlock, uh, which by this point I was already tired of Grimlock. But you know, leave them on his <laughs> island, leave them alone, let them do their own thing for a while. But yeah, I like uh, the way Jazz and Sentinel play off each other. It's kind of a good cop, bad cop kind of thing. Mm. And you first notice this during the uh, the shower scene. Yeah. Sentinel is hosing down. Uh, <laughs> you tiny, move out from behind your big friend there. That's right. That's Get what she said. <laughs> Stop it. And uh, yeah, and then Jazz kind of shuts down the water and says, "Hey, you know, you got to cool it." But uh, and Sentinel just proceeds to be the bad cop through the whole episode. He's refusing to talk to anybody. Well, I shouldn't say that. He talks to people, but he doesn't listen to Prime when Prime makes suggestions. Mm -hmm. And you know, in consequence, he ends up falling off an overpass. Uh, he ends up getting his ass handed to him by the Dinobots. Uh, there, there's more in f further episodes, but these are the two main ones in this episode. Uh, and then on the other hand, you got Jazz, who's really cool, and that's just because he's a ninja. Because he's <laughs> the uh, the quote I like is when uh, Jazz says, "Classic Metallicado five servos of Doom Attack." But have you seen this one? Yeah, that is just chock full of G one references right there. Oh that yeah, one, that one line is just pure G one goodness. Yeah. Yeah, but it's neat to see Jazz and Prowl comparing their ninja skills. Yeah, I really like that. That's that's really awesome. I I, I like the way that they've done that, um, and I, I will continue to like that that storyline between the two of them. Yeah, it progresses. Yeah, I, I yeah, we really get into Prowl's background and how Jazz can help him and how they complement each other. Uh, Jazz, you... Jazz says traffic lights solid. Yeah, <laughs> it's the light show on the way to the on the way to the uh, Sumdeck warehouse. Yeah. That was funny. Um, you know, it took me two viewings 
of this episode have realized that Lugnut spent the entire episode holding his own arm. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Did you notice that? Yes. Because at the beginning, his arm falls off. <laughs> yeah. And he's literally holding his arm in his hand the whole time. And I, and I, I think, okay, here's the Decepticons again. Let's take a look at Lug. Yeah, he's holding his arm. Nobody bothers to fix his arm. Now, did you watch any of these episodes with Aiden? Huh? Did you watch any of these episodes with Aiden? Yes. Actually, you know, I yeah, I watched these all with Aiden, and then I went through and watched them again and uh, took notes, you know, so that I... Yeah, because it, I can't really do a podcast cold. Just, just off the top of my head, there wouldn't be a whole well, lot there. No. You know, I, I got to write stuff down. Yeah. Or a war yeah. number. But yeah, Aiden enjoyed it. He likes it. Uh, yeah. Lastly, <laughs> Ultra Magnus has the Hammer of Thor. Yeah. <laughs> he can cast Lightning Bolt. Yeah. Surprised he doesn't swing it around his head so he can fly. <laughs> Molinier. So we've got a name for the hammer now. It's called Molinier. Oh, wow. Molinier to me. That's so wrong. Unless we can figure out a, a Cybertronian name for Molinier. <laughs> Molinurus. Molinurinus. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Just, just brainstorming just... here. Hammer that ass. <laughs> By the power. Oh, never mind. <laughs> to me, I swear. The, the only Uranus joke I keep thinking of is the end of the planet song when Wacko says. You forgot Uranus, and then and then. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. <laughs> oh god. Uh, um. Yeah. Elite guard. Uh. Even even though I said in in uh, episode uh, five, um, when we talked about the Megatron Rising two parter, elite guard is a really really great way to start season two. I still kind of wish, I mean, we still get the fact that, oh, the Decepticons have been defeated, that we get those scenes and all that, but I still kind of wish Megatron Rising Part 2 was season one of season, or not, was episode one of season two, um, just because I just felt that season one had no real cliffhanger, um, but no, Elite Guard as a first episode was really, really great. Yeah, excellent, excellent. The new occupant will be arriving soon to start setting up his R&D facilities. <gasps> you! That's right, Lamer. The master man with the master plan is back! Whoa, hey, check it! Major cribbage! <laughs> it's mine. It's all mine! <laughs> you can't have hired that guy back! He's crazy! That, thankfully, is no longer your concern. <laughs> oh. Shut oh, up. Sorry. I was just, laughing, damn it. I was just looking at a picture of Sentinel Prime's head, and I just... Yeah, it made me giggle. Sorry. Up next is The Return of the Headmaster. With Sari evicted from Sumdak Tower, Porter C. Powell rehires Henry Masterson, a.k.a. the Headmaster, to help run Sumdak Systems. Henry then decides to test his Headmaster on one of the new Elite Guard bots. 
Setting his eye on Sentinel Prime, he fakes a Decepticon sighting and takes over Sentinel's body, forcing Optimus and Sentinel to team up to get Sentinel's body back without Ultra Magnus finding out. Meanwhile, Bumblebee and Bulkhead try to support, be supportive to Sari. Uh, one of the uh, <laughs> greatest things about this episode is Fanzone. This is why I hate machines, especially arrogant ones. Cause, Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That's just... Because he said that to Sentinel. Um, it was just awesome. Anytime anybody talks back to Sentinel, I like it. Looks like Sentinel is just ahead now. <laughs> He's ahead of his time. Yes. The whole subplot with Bumblebee and Bulkhead being Sari's keepers, I didn't really care for that. I thought that was kind of weird. Um, it was just not something that really, really interested me too well. Uh, would you prefer I use your head as a shield? Oh, that's that's not a bad idea, actually. <laughs> and as we said earlier, some of Bumblebee and Bulkhead's guesses are correct. You ripped my arm off! It was trying to jam shield spikes in my face. <laughs> I found this one to be a lot funnier than the original Headmaster, um, just because it is Sentinel, and just because I cannot stand the character of Sentinel. Um, and just because of all the quips that Optimus gets in once Sentinel loses his head was just awesome. What about you, Steve? I hate this episode. I do. I do agree that it is better than the previous headmaster one because sentinel's getting the blunt of every misfortune right but i greatly dislike any time that headmaster shows up because one the character annoys the shit out of me like it's just one of the most useless characters that i can think of <laughs> well I said something to Kevin on Skype, uh, the the Cybertronian correspondent. We were he was he was watching the episodes and he he was typing to me on Skype, and he was saying the same thing. and And, and he'll probably say the same thing in, in his in his clip later. Um, I pointed out to him, well, well, Headmaster comes back one more time later in season three, and he's like. Don't tell me when characters come back. I said, dude, telling you when a character comes back is not a friggin' spoiler. It's not like I sat there and said, Headmaster comes back and he takes over Professor Princess's body. You know what I mean? It's it's not like I gave away a plot point. I just said a character comes back, so... Powdered sugar! No. Shut up! <laughs> uh, anything else on Headmaster, Return of the Headmaster, Steve, or are you just done with this one? I'm done with this one. Michael? Okay, then. Uh, I like how Masterson comes in and just totally steals Sari's pink bedroom. And he's so happy. What? Nothing. 
<laughs> Bad thoughts. Anyways. <laughs> I want to be a little girl. I guess so. Oh, that was from Masterton. Yeah, sorry. But uh, no, he moves in. He's just totally happy about it. He's like, yeah, pink bedroom. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it kind of makes sense since he runs around in this kind of fuchsia jumpsuit. <laughs> He's Professor Princess version 2.0. <laughs> Or, or or technically one of those 80s throwbacks. Powder sugar. No! Anyway, some time must have passed since the last episode, since the repairs to some tech tower are now already complete. Right, yeah. The last episode, there was like a huge gaping hole in it, and now it's, it's all fixed. Yeah. But, and this is what confused me. Well, I shouldn't say confused me. It's just an error, I guess. But it's clear that there's some time has passed. But later on, Sentinel says, I didn't arrive on this planet yesterday. And Prime says, actually, you did. <laughs> so it's like, wow. You know, they just they cracked the whip on the union laborers and <laughs> had them fix that hour <laughs> quick. Either that or they turned the whole thing 50 degrees so that uh, you can't see the damage part. Probably. I didn't see them do that, but it's entirely possible. <laughs> Uh, I like that they now have a huge screen TV. Yeah. In the Autobot headquarters. He says, oh, we fixed up the place so that you'll like it. This giant TV. And I'm thinking, yeah, I could learn to live that. I could learn they, to live that. They don't just have one. They have two. Because there's yeah, one right. in Sari's room as well. And the one in Sari's room, it plays death metal. <laughs> I know. I'm like, dude, this is awesome. I would totally live here. Where do I sign up? Exactly. Giant TVs blasting out death metal. Yeah. I mean, assuming you could turn it off and get some sleep, that'd be nice. <laughs> uh, I like, I like when Prime laughs at Sentinel's head. Yeah. He Your just brother, cracks you up. Laugh. <laughs> That's right. He totally loses it. But it's funny because it's it's the first time we've heard Prime laugh. Yeah. I think it might be the first time we've heard anyone really laugh. I mean, not like, ha, 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 but I mean, he just totally guffaws yeah. at him. I just thought that was really funny. He starts raffling. <laughs> raffle. <laughs> he's he's a, a raffle prime. Uh, I, I like the lightsaber sounds when Sentinel swings a sword. Or he's got kind of like a jousting rod almost. That's yeah. a sword, but when he swings it, it's like, rom, rom. I mean, if I had a giant glowing sword, I I would totally make lightsaber sounds while I was swinging it around. Yep. Take that bad guy. Wrong, wrong. <laughs> uh, sorry. Moves in, and she has nothing to eat. So, Bulkhead and Bumblebee, uh, serve her up some acorns, and some motor oil, uh, a live rabbit, and fish a dead bones. fish. Yeah, dead fish bones. A dead fish, yeah. And the rabbit hops away. <laughs> <laughs> the rabbit's like, you're not going to eat me? All right, I'm out of here. <laughs> he hops off. I got Easter eggs to make, damn it. <laughs> this, is not, this is not Slim Jim. You're not going to say, eat me. Eat me. Uh, Snap into a Slim Jim. Right. Eat me. Uh, I don't think she ate at all. No, I don't think she did either. Well, that's why I've never been able to eat. I'm a freaking robot. 
<laughs> she does eat, damn it. She just doesn't uh, eat this episode. I just eat bananas. <laughs> she can't. I'm going to Taco Bell. Uh, uh, you know the. <laughs> I eat acorn sandwiches. Acorns and motor oil. Mm-mm. You gotta no, no, dip them no. in the motor oil so they go down. You know, because they're tough. It's all about the roughage, people. Ah, you know that Optimus Prime enjoys pummeling Sentinel's body. <laughs> He's just, hey, you're enjoying that. He's like, heck yeah, I am. <laughs> it's like maintenance spot. Yeah, you're a pompous windbag, and now I'm beating the crap out of you. How do you like them apples? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I like uh, Tutorbot, intergalactic ninja of death. <laughs> yeah. He's like, who programmed Tutorbot to do backflips and shoot lasers and whatever else he was doing? That's pretty crazy. I have a newfound respect for Tutorbot and K9. Or spark plug. Spark plug. Yes, mistress. <laughs> uh, yeah, and lastly, Prime actually does cover for Sentinel. Yes, he does. He doesn't let it, he doesn't let him uh doesn't let him take the fall for that. Such a nice guy. Well, yeah. And, I mean, and Sentinel's still a dick. He's, well, he's less of a dick now. I mean, at least now they they, they kind of make up. They shake hands. They have a mutual respect for each other now. Kind of. Which that mutual respect will be thrown out the window later. Because Sentinel's well, an asshat. No, it's not even because of that. It's because of something else. But I was going to say, how much later? I don't think it's the next episode. No, no, much later. Oh, because of the next episode. All the, all the friendship type of truce character development that's in these episodes with the two of them yeah. gets thrown out when oh. something gets revealed to Sentinel later on in, in uh, I think oh. it's... Oh. Yeah. Spoiler. You know, Stop it. Don't. Yeah. Super Stop freak. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> but no, so there's that. But I, 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 the next episode, he's actually helping him like hey you know you scratched my back let me scratch yours but the the, the re-scratching is more like screw over all your friends and i'll help you out <laughs> we'll get to that later yes anything else for return of the headmaster that, that's all i got i well aside from the fact that i might be the only one here that likes henry masterson I mean, Bull on you yeah. sir well i i like the gamer speak you know I like him when he comes back in season three, just because it's hilarious as all hell. But <laughs> <laughs> he says, "I am so elite," and you know, if you know what elite is, right? It's not yeah. even spelled with like letters. It's <laughs> right. And Prime's like, "I don't even know what that means." <laughs> you know? It's like ninety-five percent of the people watching this show right now have no idea what that means. Yeah, it's just funny. Only one problem with that story. Where are the Decepticons? Ah, this day couldn't possibly get any worse! I stand corrected. Starcrane! Sorry, you must have me confused with some other Harrier jet. Optimus Prime, you are under arrest for assaulting an elite guard officer. 
Add that to the other charges against you, you could just kiss your career goodbye. Now what do you have to say for yourself? Incoming! What is that thing? Oh, that's right. You've never seen one up close. It's called a Decepticon. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Oh, no. Not again. He's online. Stand back, everyone. Commander. At least this won't be a total loss. Magnus is down, and the Decepticon is getting away. What's our next move, Sentinel? Uh, right. Okay, uh... Ratchet, you and Sorry take care of Ultra Magnus. Bumblebee, Prowl, Bulkhead, and Fenzone, evacuate the humans from the area. Sentinel and Jazz will take down Starscream. Stand down, Optimus. You've got no right to assume command. Yeah? Well, some bot has to. Hey, how about we sort out the whole head honcho deal later? Right now, we need to stop fighting each other and start fighting the bad guy, dude. And finally up today is Mission Accomplished. Unaware of what Megatron is up to, the Elite Guard begin the removal of Optimus Prime and the other Autobots by sending them back to Cybertron to deal with the Decepticon uprising. Yet things take a turn for the worse. Blitzwing and Lugnut steal the Tachyon transmitter from the Elite Guard ship for Megatron as part of a way to contact other Decepticons. Meanwhile, Starscream regains consciousness on a garbage barge and returns to take his revenge on Megatron. Megatron kills him again and again and again and again and again. But a fragment <laughs> of the Allspark is embedded in Starscream's head is keeping him immortally alive. Then Starscream tries to entrap Megatron with another fragment of the Allspark, which he puts on a, an electric train. But his attempt fails thanks to Optimus Prime and his team. 
<laughs> I like that. Team Optimus, lovely. Uh, the, the episode ends with Starscream's arrest and imprisonment in the Autobots spaceship. Uh, first thing for me, Ironhide. Yay. Is Yay. he supposed to sound like Arlie Ermy? <laughs> yeah, kind of, I bet. Do not make me take a giant shit on you! <laughs> I will do it! <laughs> I will I tear off your head and piss down your neck! I thought, his, I thought his voice, for, for what we saw of him, I mean, because it's, it, it's not... We will get into Ironhide much later in Season 3, but, I mean, or later in Season 2, I, I don't remember when Auto Boot Camp happens. Um, but, you know, I like seeing the character. I don't particularly care that he's orange, but... Uh, <laughs> he's orange. But I, I didn't mind it. Um... <laughs> it was nice. And, and you know, it, it's nice that they... I don't want to say put further thought into the toy line, but... It's nice that he kind of looks, well, they don't really show his body here, but later on, he looks a lot like Ratchet, except with a yeah. different head. And right, then later yeah. on in the toy, you get... It's Cybertronian Ratchet's Ratchet. body it, with, a, with a new head. In yeah. orange. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, I gotta say, there are moments that is probably gonna come up here in Season 2 where I'm gonna continue my Bumblebee hate, but for now... The douchebag of the Autobots is now Sentinel Prime, not Bumblebee anymore. And the trade-off <laughs> continues. Starscream monologuing to no one. But <laughs> that was hilarious. But he just hops up and says, Alright! <laughs> As if he's still, like, lording it over Megatron. Yeah. This is a good episode to see Starscream get his ass handed to him repeatedly. Yeah, they actually... Die. It's funny, I believe it's this episode and an episode coming up next week, uh, Garbage In, Garbage Out. On the Transformers Animated Season 2 DVD, there is a commentary by Matt Youngberg, Marty Eisenberg, and Derek J. Wyatt. And in, in the Mission Accomplished DVD commentary, they specifically say, originally they were going to make Rodimus this type of character of of the way Sentinel is. And they said, no, no, we cannot do that to Rodimus. Um, so that's why Sentinel was, was used for this purpose to be that douchebaggery type of Autobot. Um, they say in the commentary, <laughs> it's, it, it's the character you love to hate. So they kind of made up a character to be mean to prime. Yeah, kind of, um, is it just me or does the entrance from the top that Starscream flies into remind anyone of the Autobot arc from G1? No, it's just you. The entrance from the top. When Starscream oh. comes back yeah, online. He flies in through the roof. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I see where you're getting at. Kind and then, of course, you know, we have... Uh, the, the, the reference that Starscream makes, Would you prefer I was a ghost... So that's there. There you have the ghost of Starscream, and then of course, immortal Starscream. He keeps getting right. slagged. This is such a, a an homage to, you know, the fact that in well, I don't want to say every other continuity, but yeah, he he gets killed and he's a ghost. They can't be killed again. Yep. Kind of immortal. He says, "I can't be that offline." <laughs> <laughs> Your friend, he's not entirely dead. <laughs> Only partially. <laughs> He's only mostly dead. 
Optimus has a real attitude in this one. And awesome move. Sentinel just can't hack it. <laughs> and I and I and I understand Sentinel Prime is an Autobot that he's basically a bureaucrat. He has never seen any action. He doesn't even know what a Decepticon looks like. So I can understand Optimus being able to take him down. <laughs> right. Yeah, Sentinel freezes up like a crankshaft in December. Yeah. <laughs> and Prime is like all about taking charge. I know what to do. Watch me go. Yep. <laughs> you know, dog, this is how I do. <laughs> God, stop it. That's how I roll. <laughs> one of the things I, one of the things I absolutely love about Sentinel, this is the only thing I really love about the character, because he is such a bad cop. He is a bad cop to the point where he takes away Bot's freedoms of speech with the mouth clamps, <laughs> <laughs> like on Starscream. Yeah, that the was gag so plate. hilarious. I like I like the gag plate on the stage this cuffed Starscream. That is that is funny because you know he he's gonna babble the whole time like shut up Starscream. Yep. So hilarious. <laughs> and and finally to conquer a broken Cybertron from within. Dun dun dun. Can't wait. Yeah. What about you, Steve? What did you have for mission accomplished? Oh, mission accomplished. Uh, well, I, you know, like you guys, I like the uh, stasis cuffs. I like the steel plate over Starscream's big mouth, uh, which to me is hilarious. Um, they bolted it on there. Yeah, they used. They didn't. They weren't gentle either. Um, so, moving but, along. <laughs> So bad. Yes. So bad. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like uh, this episode is is another one of those kind of fun ones. Uh, but it's also showing that you know, hey, we can clean house with the Decepticons, and then they're like coming to find out that it's not as easy as they thought. But it's still, uh, I like this episode. I can't say that for the previous one, but I can say that for this one. <laughs> it's just this this has been an entertaining episode all the way through. Oh yeah. Anything with this universe's Starscream is entertaining. <laughs> Every time he shows up, it's fun. Yeah. He keeps waking up in garbage bins. <laughs> How'd I get here? Garbage. Garbage. <laughs> yeah. We'll get to that later. Uh, that's funny. God, that reminds me. I, 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 I have to so get some kind of Autobot, and I dare to be stupid, but that's next week. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> anything else, Steve, for Mission Accomplished? Negative. Go ahead, Michael. What do you got? Uh, I just like the action in this one. There's a lot of action. Yeah, there was. I mean, there's, there's literally... Well, especially when you get to the point where they're fighting Starscream. And Starscream apparently just had his ass handed to him by Megatron. He falls out of the sky and, you know, wakes up again. I'm not dead. I feel happy. 
Uh, and at this point, all he wants to do is go home, or wherever he home is, back to his garbage bin, and just you know sulk. He's pissed. He's not happy. Nothing seems to be working for him. And all these Autobots are storming him, and they're you know running around him and trying to defeat him. And he's literally like, "Don't waste my time. <laughs> I'm just I'm just gonna walk this way, guys. I'll, I'll see you in a bit." You know. The only down point that I could ever say about Ultra Magnus is, oh my god, does he so state the obvious, look out, he's still online! <laughs> oh shit, Sherlock. You do a horrible Ultra Magnus. That's a... <laughs> I wasn't trying to do Ultra Magnus, I was just doing a deep voice. Uh, well, that, That's one of the things I like about Ultra Magnus too, is that he, uh, he sounds just like Robert Stack. Even though it's Jeff Bennett. His it's Jeff Bennett. are full. It's Jeff Bennett doing a really good Robert Stack. Yeah, that's basically yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I like most about Ultra Magnus. But you know, he's seen a Decepticon before, because he's you know he's back from the Great War. He was leader then. Yeah. I mean, he might have even met Starscream before. He he probably recognizes him. It's Megatron's second in command. I'm sure he recognizes him. And yeah. the first thing he does is get shot in the face. <laughs> it's like. Okay, I'm the only guy here who's really in charge and knows what to do, who's actually seen a Decepticon before, and I'm out of commission. Boom, he goes down. Say like, boom, it, headshot. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's exactly what it was, and it was just kind of disappointing. It's like, how fragile is this Magnus? You know, maybe Prime should take over. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that comes later. <laughs> Uh, that's not a spoiler, because I don't think he actually does take over. No, he doesn't. No, I mean, I, I kind of expected that to be like a season four development. But, uh, yeah, yeah but I mean, granted. Damn you, Hasbro and Cartoon yeah. Network! <laughs> I want to see Prime with a big-ass hammer. Prime holding Molinarianus. And having, and having the Decepticon's head on a platter and smashing them. Boom, headshot. Boom, headshot. Execution. <laughs> well, you know, if they all drove around in little headmaster units, then they could probably... Anyway. Uh, I think this was the episode where they tried to leave uh, Sorry with Fanzone. Yes. And Yeah, and that was maybe about two minutes worth of footage that probably could have been cut altogether. It was just a dumb idea. It's like, um... Yeah, she's like she's telling him, "Oh, I need an allowance, and I need to I need to get that big ass TV out of my room at the you know at the at the lot or whatever." I mean, I <laughs> I find sorry in general okay. I mean, she is an element of the show that that is needed, but season one, it was all about her overusage of the key. Yeah. Season two, it's going to be about, and this isn't this is just just me, you know, hypothesizing, but the, you know, it's just the way that the story is unfolding to me is it's going to be about, oh my god, my so-called dad is missing. What? The, where the hell am I going to do? Where the hell am I going to live? What the hell am I going to do? It, it, it's basically her whole story arc for this season is I'm homeless. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, before I was carefree and running around and sticking my key into whatever toilet I could find. And now I'm kind of really concerned about my family. And, you know, she's not overusing the key because she's too busy trying to run a company or figure out where she's going to live or what she's going to eat. 
You know, it's it's uh, it's just a complete different story for her. It's a different animal. Some deck systems, please hold. Some deck systems, please hold. Some deck systems. No, Mr. Sumdeck has not returned from his extended vacation yet. Of course someone's writing the company. Someone very, very capable. <laughs> very, very incapable. I was trying to think of a, a, a good pun, like a Bumble secretary or executive Bumble assistant or something. And I, I actually I couldn't did. come up with anything. Um, it's, uh, he, he, he's a skeletary. And okay, that's not, not good know. either. Well... <laughs> People may not know that it's an Animaniacs reference because Wacko can never say secretary. He always called uh, the secretary Skelegatary. Uh, <laughs> Wacko can't. Okay, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. But... Lastly, uh, moving right along. Lastly, <laughs> uh, Stasis Cuffs. This joke is I... not for you. Move along. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't really know what you're getting at. Can I go now? No. <laughs> no, I, I really want stasis cuffs for my toys. Uh, they made them before, I, and I forget. I, I want to say, I want to say that it was like the Lucas Brothers and Unicron dot com. Uh, I don't think it was like an iGear. I mean, by the time they made these, iGear was starting to make their own toys and stuff like that and accessories. But I'm pretty sure this is another one of those, maybe the last Unicron dot com set that came out. But they had stasis cuffs and a. Uh, the uh, electric arc things that you could, the arch, the oh, yeah. arches that you could put on, on yeah. Ratchet's arms. And they had something else. I forget what it was right off hand. But they also had the AllSpark uh, container that yeah. you could open up, and there was like a blue orb inside. And it was, it was really cool. I regret not buying one. <laughs> I, I really should have. I, I, uh, I, I'm thinking maybe I'll try to go find one or something now, but. Uh, they had them, didn't get one, but now that I'm watching the cartoons again, it's like, man, I want stasis cuffs. <laughs> I want to put stasis cuffs in a big mouth clamp on my mega, or not my Megatron, on my uh, Starscream. On your black right, man. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to put her on a big St. Andrew's cross. <laughs> Give Bumblebee a paddle. <laughs> and a hammer. And a hammer. <laughs> oh, my God. Hammer. That, yeah, all right. Why Why is Steve's line from Beast Unleashed coming back to me? Shut up, bitch. I'm not done. <laughs> you said it, not me. We're not hey, going at least, the but I didn't bring up the other part to that, so I'm just saying but that line in general, that's that's funny for Black Arachnia. <laughs> it goes down the hole. That's not the only <laughs> thing. That's funny. That's, what that's she funny said. right there. I don't care who you are. So is that it for Mission Accomplished? I think That's it's Mission Accomplished. Mission Accomplished, he said from the deck of a helicarrier. We're going to head to some quotes, some ads, and then we're going to go to Cybertron with uh, Optimus Solo. We we basically booted him back up to Cybertron. Go! Transformation Animation Podcast will be back after these messages. Here is quote number one. Isaac Sumdak's office, please hold. Isaac Sumdak's office, please hold. Isaac Sumdex office. Uh, no. Professor Sumdex still hasn't returned from his extended vacation. Of course someone's running a company. Someone very capable. Ah! Here's quote number two. You sure that's necessary, Commander? I'd like to get a closer look. You might feel different when the slime they spew out melts through your armor plating and rots your circuits from the inside. 
Really? And quote number three. That's a direct order, Optimus. It's Optimus Prime. I may be an elite guard washout and a glitch detail flunky, but the last time I checked, you and I still have equal rank. So, Sentinel Prime, take your order and your condescending attitude and stick it in your hard drive. You're on my turf now. Finally, quote number four. When are you gonna get it through your thick processor? There are no Decepticons on this planet, so keep your audio unit shut or I'll do it for you. I'd like to see you try, your worthless crankshaft. That's it! You put me in stasis lock? Well, somebody's got to stop Ultra Magnus from making a deadly mistake. Soundwave, jam that transmission. Rumble frenzy, ravage rapid, inject operation interference. No, there will be no Operation Interference. I am TFG1 Mike, and you should be listening to my very first podcast, the TFG1 Podcast. 24 episodes covering the entire U.S. run of the 1984 Transformers cartoon. I also have a few supplemental episodes and an interview with Stan Bush. I bring in guest hosts who will be full-time co-hosts in Steve Megatron and fan of the show, now co-host, Pecan Court Michael. So check out the TFG1 podcast. You can find it on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Transform and roll out. Ah, welcome to my throne room, Future Tales. The Beast Unleashed podcast is over. Not gone. You can hear more of this great podcast discussing all the episodes of Beast Wars and Beast Machines on GeekCastRadio.com. We include voice actor and writer interviews with stellar hosting by Steve, Mike, and Michael. Head on over to iTunes or the net or else I will send you my vehicles to extract your spark and destroy you. <laughs> yes. Like animation? Come listen to Animation Aficionados. And if you disagree with us, you could be a guest on a future show. Available on iTunes, the Zune Market, and AnimationAficionados.com. I have been itching to give my new wheels a spin. Besides, any species that could come up with a sweet ride like this can be all bad. Hey guys, it's Optimus Solo, your Cybertronian correspondent, back on Cybertron and ready to open up Season 2 of Transformers Animated. So we can put all the crap that was Season 1 behind us and let's move on forward with a clear head to Season 2. Starting with the first episode, Episode 17 overall, The Elite Guard, written by Rich Fogel. So Season 2, here we go. Immediately we have the introduction of three new characters, or two new characters and one that we'd only seen in flashbacks. And that of course is Ultra Magnus, Jazz, and Sentinel Prime. Just gotta say, Ultra Magnus obviously is a great voice. Um, we should all recognize that voice. Jazz, great voice. Um, couldn't 
come closer to Scatman if you wanted to. Um, and the look of Ultra Magnus and the look of Jazz are fantastic. Um, they just they look cool. They sound cool. I'm digging these two characters, especially Jazz. He is immediately rising to the top of my list as far as favorite characters go. Uh, Sentinel Prime, on the other hand, uh, he's just not bold enough. He's got a terrible voice. He's got a terrible look with a humongous chin. Uh, he's immediately dropping to the bottom of my list of least favorite characters. Um, I, I just don't even like the characterization of Sentinel Prime. The only good thing about Sentinel Prime's emergence is it's making Optimus that much more of a leader, that much more of a likable character, and now Sentinel Prime's taking on this. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Young, immature, um, non-threatening, non-intimidating role. I mean, his voice is... His voice actually makes Optimus Prime's voice sound deep and and bold and threatening. It's so bad on Sentinel Prime. Um, you got a sneak peek at Cybertron in this episode, and that looked badass. Uh, I was questioning when Megatron said that the Decepticons lost the Great War. Are we rewriting history here or something? Because I don't believe that's how it happened in any other universe as far as Transformers um, history goes. But whatever. Um nitpicking on this episode there's just a couple tiny things that i didn't like uh first of all when sentinel primes has the line to ultra magnus as you know i scanned you know earth vehicles and whatever and then they immediately transform into vehicles it doesn't show any animation to show that they had scanned vehicles it's just like oh i scanned some vehicles and you're immediately able to transform into those vehicles that was just way too easy um that's bad writing and of course we have a another key moment where the key not only not only are there keyholes anywhere and everywhere, but the key can actually break through force fields, people. Um, and my last nitpick for this episode is the battle animation. The battle animation in this show sucks, period. I've mentioned that before. I don't want to beat a dead horse. Uh, good ending. I, I like the ending of the, show, of the episode. It, overall, it's a decent episode. I am already getting hints that I'm not going to like where this sorry thing's going, though, with her not being a human or not being related to... Uh, Sum deck. I, I, I'm not going to like how this ends, I can already tell. But I will keep an open mind, and hopefully I'm wrong on that. So, decent episode, decent start to uh, Season 2. I'm glad they opened with a bang with three new characters. I'll give this episode a 6 out of 10. So, moving on to Episode uh, 2 of Season 2, or 18 overall, and I don't even want to say the title, The Return of the Headmaster, written by Michael Ryan. So far, Michael Ryan is 0 for 3 in his writing. He has not written a decent episode yet. He wrote Home is Where the Spark is, the first Headmaster in this Headmaster episode, and I'm apparently not a big Michael Ryan fan. I don't even want to watch this episode. Uh, halfway through, I wanted to shut it off and not watch anymore. This is the, a terrible episode. Um, it's, it's, it's basically a terrible version of the already terrible first Headmasters episode. Except now instead of Bulkhead losing his head, we have Sentinel Prime losing his head, and it's not nearly as funny as when Bulkhead lost his head. Um, this is just a bad episode. I don't even want to talk about it. It gets a 2 out of 10. This is the second worst episode I've seen in this entire series. Moving on to episode 3 of season 2, or 19 overall. It's called Mission Accomplished, written by Marsha Griffin. 
who wrote the second part of Megatron Rising at the end of season one. Uh, we get a sneak peek at Ironhide. With it. That was kind of cool. He had an interesting look. You don't get to see a lot. Decent voice, kind of like G1-esque as far as his voice goes. That was a cool little uh, tidbit. I liked Starscream's line here as, I'm too young to be offline. That was funny. Uh, Starscream overall in this whole entire episode is funny with his whole immortality um, and the maybe I'm a ghost and kind of going to that G1-esque storyline of Starscream has a spark that cannot be extinguished. Um, that's kind of cool. Um, I don't buy that he would have tried, you know, three or four times to do the exact same method with Megatron and that each time they would have just thrown him off the cliff. They would have disassembled him. They would have done something to make sure he wasn't coming back or something to try to destroy him in a different way. But it was still cool. It was a cool angle to go. Um, Sentinel still sucks in this episode, even after his little thank you moment at the end of Return of Headmaster when he thanked Optimus Prime and swallowed his pride for a half second. He goes right back into being a douchebag. And let me explain something. I understand he is written to be a douchebag. I understand that he is supposed to be the jerk, the douchebag whatever it's still terrible it's a terrible idea to have sentinel prime who is a prime be a complete douchebag and i don't quite get the hierarchy here that we have ultra magnus on top and then we have optimus and sentinel who are both supposedly on the same level because they're both primes as optimus prime stated they're on the same level but uh, optimus is not part of the elite guard so sentinel outranks him but sentinel's like a 10 year old they're depicting him as like a teenager here as far as his mentality and his maturity level and I, I just don't like it. I don't like that they're doing that to a prime. I understand that that's how he's written. That's a bad idea to write him like that. Um, they could have had a realistic, mature feud between those two. It could have involved the whole um, Alita One angle. Maybe they were uh, blaming each other for that, or maybe Sentinel Prime blamed Optimus for that or something. I mean, there was a mature way that these two could have had a beef with each other, um, and they're just playing this completely wrong. Uh, another couple questions. My only nitpicking about this episode, because I, overall I really enjoyed this episode, but when the they're going to the train that has the piece of the AllSpark, which by the way I love the angle with all the different shards of AllSpark and them collecting it, that's a good plot storyline, which is something we have rarely seen in Transformers animated. But uh, they're going after the train, Starscream's flying pretty low, apparently nobody sees him. Uh, Ultra Magnus doesn't see him. Nah, nobody sees that Starscream's right there. It seemed like it was pretty obvious that he was in there. And also, when they're at the base with Optimus and Sentinel, Starscream's picture's on the fucking screen right in front of them, and Sentinel's like, only one problem, we haven't seen any Decepticons. He's right on the screen in front of you, you moron. Um, and then Sentinel gets put in a stasis lock, but magically gets out of the stasis lock to show up at the train scene. How did he get out of the stasis lock? Handcuffed, people. Um, but it was overall, it was a great ending. I love Megatron calling out to the rebels that are destroying space bridges randomly throughout the uh, galaxy there. Um, it's setting this up to go in some very good angles. There's a lot of potential here. I can just hope and pray that they actually follow through with some of this potential of some epic storylines coming up. Um, Marshall Griffin did a decent job. I'm, I almost gave this episode an 8 out of 10. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. So far, this is the best episode of Season 2, and hopefully it's a platform for this uh, whole series to finally reach the levels that everyone says it does and that I expect it to because up to this point it is subpar. It's like a notch above the Unicron trilogy. So hopefully this is the, the springboard to great things for Transformers Animated. So this has been Optimus Solo reporting live from Cybertron and now I'm sending it back to the guys on Earth. Whew, that sounds crazy! Give it to me! Now back to Transformation Animation Podcast. Thank you, Kevin, and thank you, Blitzwing. Because uh, Blitzwing said something in response to Kevin that people will hear later. Uh, 
I had no notes to him for a late guard. Um, what about you, Michael? Uh, a couple things. Uh, he had mentioned that he thought Jazz sounded a lot like Scatman. And while there's similarities, it's not, again, it's not dead on. Uh, and we talked about this before, but you need to go back to the Phil Lamar interview to hear the actual Scatman. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I forgot about the sneak peek at Cybertron. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that was cool. I mean, that, that was, was really, really cool. cool. Yeah, I like that a lot. Anything for Elite Guard to Kevin, Steve? Uh, I agree with him. Okay. Uh, as far as Return of the Headmaster, I know Kevin doesn't like it, and he thought that the first version was funnier with Bulkhead, but I'm, I'm sorry. This version with Optimus and Sentinel the back and forth banter between the two of them, that's just a hell of a lot funnier to me than Bumblebee and Bulkhead. Maybe it's right. because I don't really care for Bumblebee and Bulkhead in yeah. season one. Yeah. But what about you, Michael, for Take Headmaster? Take uh, <laughs> I thought this episode was twice as funny as when Bulkhead lost his head. Yeah. I mean, it was easily twice as funny. I There was a... Pretty much any time you get sentinel and prime together bantering uh it's it's funny this is just gold it's really well done and you know i'm willing to forgive a human villain uh it's like it's a season two where there are human villains here i i don't dislike the human villains as much as everybody else but uh i i particularly like uh the headmaster though <laughs> I, I mean again it'd be nice if he wasn't pink but uh, you know, I I still dig the character. I, I like the the lead speak. Uh, I like the idea of uh, him stealing people's heads and their you know, and their and their heads just like what happened, man? <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh at me. <laughs> I love that. I promise you weren't gonna laugh. That's <laughs> just funny, funny stuff. Yeah. What about you, Steve, for Return of the Headmaster? I pretty much agree with him. On all fronts. And, like I said, I hate this episode. <laughs> did did I, you I like hate... the first Headmaster better than this one? No, I like this one better only because Sentinel gets beheaded. And Prime has to uh, carry around that little bitch. <laughs> oh, Sentinel. I knew him well. Dynafire. <laughs> Moving along to Mission Accomplished, uh, Kevin brought up the fact of he thought that the Starscream repetitive death or re repetitive tries on Megatron's life was kind of silly that, that Starscream would never do that. Um, this Starscream would. He would. And then I liked the repetitive death, you know, throwing over the cliff thing because it shows you, I mean, until Starscream actually says it, Oh my god, I'm immortal! Until he actually says he's immortal, you, you, you don't know what the hell is going on either. I mean, you, you just don't know. Um, I just thought that was just hilariously funny. What about you, Michael, for Mission Accomplished? Uh, oh, one thing that I remembered, actually, that I didn't mention in the episode, is that uh, Starscream tries over and over and over again to defeat Megatron. He, right. he, he goes back to the headquarters... He, you know, jumps in there and says, Die, 
Megatron, and he shoots him. And Megatron just kind of glances it off and then can, proceeds to beat his ass. Uh, and then he dies. <laughs> and then they throw him over a cliff again. Uh, he, he, what it comes down to is he even realizes at the end that there's no way that I'm going to be able to defeat Megatron just by running up and shooting him. Yeah. And then what happens with Ultra Magnus? He just runs up and shoots him. <laughs> and that's it. And I'm thinking, you know, how is it that the Decepticons lost the Great War when it's obvious that Megatron is ten times more powerful than the Autobot leader? Mm. It just seems strange to me. I, I thought I was going to bring that up, and I forgot about it. But uh, as far as uh, in response to Kevin, he, he, he talked about the hierarchy. That, uh, you know, you've got Prime. And Prime, in my mind, Prime is, is kind of the uh, the equivalent of Captain. You're the captain of a ship. You get a ship and you have a crew. You're the captain. You're the Prime. Yeah. And then Magnus is kind of like the president. He's, uh, you know, commander-in-chief, right? Well, but, yeah. Well, yeah, he is commander-in-chief, but I, I, I would also, like, you know, in the military version of it, I would put him as a colonel. Um, really? Oh, well. As far as rank, yes. No, I I fully understand that. Yeah, Ultra later on, Magnus we do find out is... there's a, a civilian leadership that he yeah, reports see, to. Yeah. See, oh. and 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 that's the thing. Um, yes, Ultra Magnus is the full-on leader of the Autobots, just like Optimus Prime was back in G1. But in terms of the rankings of from minor major prime and magnus i always saw magnus as a more like a colonel type of well even even in and you know being an american i'm going to couch this in american terms but even if the magnus was considered like a president he was commander in chief the commander in chief still has to answer to the senate before he can yep. declare war so oh, yeah. there there is a a civilian leadership uh you know governing body on cybertron and you know and that's where we find alpha trion and i think perceptor yeah uh, and the and those types perceptor yeah yeah and we find that and you know sorry for the spoilers there but hey uh my question is where are the lieutenants where are the generals where is the hierarchy between ship captain and president I mean, there's got to be more of a hierarchy here. It's, it can't just be, I'm Magnus, and I co directly command the, the 500,000 primes. Well, that, see, and, and and again, we're going to get into spoilers here. So, Kevin, if you're, you know, fast forward for like five seconds here. Well, he asked. Uh, you know. the, the thing of the rankings and what you're talking about, Michael, is... You have Ultra Magnus, you have Sentinel Prime, Optimus Prime, and then you have like someone like Jazz. Jazz is a lieutenant type, I would assume, just like um, Warpath and Ironhide and Rodimus and all these other Autobots that come in later in Season 3. Uh, the only ones I would see lower than Minor... Um, I always thought that those were Miners. No. Like Jazz... Jazz isn't uh, higher up the food chain than Sentinel Prime. No, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. No, you have Ultra Magnus. Sentinel Prime is the cat is kind of the cat second in command of the ship, and then you have Jazz. Jazz would be the lieutenant 
of the ship. So you have Ultra Magnus, Sentinel Prime as the captain, and then Jazz would be the lieutenant. See? Uh, 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 I don't know. Okay, anyway. Uh, yeah. Anyway, well, we can't answer that. You know who would be a good person to ask? Uh, Derek J. Wyatt. Eventually. Yeah, well, if we ever get around talking to him, this is one of the things we'll have to ask. Yes. I'm sure he's been asked a thousand times, and <laughs> he just kind of looks blankly at people and says, you're thinking too much into this. Yeah, true. But, uh, yeah, but no, maybe he'll have... Now that if he listens to this and he gets, you know, like some forewarning that will last, maybe he'll think up a nice answer before yeah. then. The other thing I had to bring up uh, in response to Kevin for... Um... Just as a general note, he was saying about uh, uh, that this is uh, just one notch higher than that. Animated is just one notch higher than the Unicron trilogy. Sorry, dude. This is what I don't care how many problems we find with animated. This is way above the goddamn Unicron trilogy. I mean, oh, yeah. even in even in animated's bad moments, nothing is worse than the Unicron trilogy. Yeah. Steve, what did you have for Mission Accomplished in Take response lemons. to uh, Yeah, I have to agree with what you just said, Mike. That was what I was thinking when I heard him spew that last part. Yeah. <laughs> spewage. <laughs> I am elite. You're a spewage. Now, I I have to agree. Now, I mean, this is... there There is a huge difference in... Uh, quality, yeah, just quality uh, from from a show that was created in the U.S. with U.S. voice actors. Well, you've actually got the voice actors doing their thing, and then the the animation being written around it, you know, rather than the opposite way. You know, in Armada, you had a a Japanese show that was very Japanese. Uh, the animation was Japanese. The, the dialogue was Japanese. Every, I mean, the, 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 the humor was all Japanese. A lot of that had to be rewritten to even make sense to American audiences. And everything was lost in the translation. It, even then, it didn't make much sense. It was just painful to watch. Uh, I shouldn't say that so much. I, I, I could watch Armada. By the time you get into Energon, couldn't watch Energon. I, I, Energon it was sucks. So horribly bad yeah uh, yeah it was just really bad and you know it's it's nobody's fault really i mean it's it's they, they they did what they could with what they had but when you compare like an energon to a beast wars or a animated or even a prime for that matter even though it's still a young show um huge difference night and day yeah very much so um, did you hear anything else in response to Kevin for Mission Accomplished, Steve? No. Okay. Thank you for joining us here on Transformation Animation Podcast. There are some ways to get in contact with us or leave feedback for the show. Visit the website, geekcasterradio.com. Leave uh, comments on each episode post. Leave the show's feedback in iTunes. Please do this. Follow us on Twitter. The show name there is TFA Podcast. Mine is TFG1 Mike. Michael, what is your Twitter? PeconCT Michael. And Steve? Burnt to- Toast 2.0? No, SCP-21. I thought he was going to say Burnt Toothed. As in, like, yeah. 
I think that's what he said. Is that what you said? I no. don't. I thought that was very, you know, Norwegian. Burnt tushed. Take it as you will. Become a fan on Facebook. We have hit over. We've got 251 fans on Facebook. Thank you to all the Facebook people who are fans on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash geekcast or radio network. Do we have a Facebook page for TFA Podcast? No. It's just one page for the entire network. I'm not creating separate pages for each show. That would just take way oh. too much time. See, I thought there was. No, there's a separate Twitter account. Oh, okay. Yeah. Call the voicemail line, 502-526-5821. I'm in the middle of losing my voice here. Sounds like it. Yeah. You are boned, sir. This is kind of <laughs> what you do, so, you know. Shut up. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode of Transformation Animation Podcast, and we wish you'll join us next time when we'll be reviewing three more episodes from Transformers Animated Season 2, those being Garbage In, Garbage Out, and Velocity, Rye and Rise of the Constructicons. <laughs> Are you looking forward to that one? I am, yeah. Actually, <laughs> Garbage In, Garbage Out is awesome. I I saw that uh, at the BotCon that, what year was it, like 2008 or something? Tell this story next week. All right, fine. Get your story straight and tell it next week. All right. For now, I am TFT1 Mike with... Michael Wilson. And Steve Megatron Phillips. We'll tap you again next week. You're no fun. Steve's no fun. I was waiting for that's what she said, but anyway. What's the matter? You look like you've seen a ghost. Well, maybe you have. You could do Starscream. And to think you actually believed you could take over as leader of the Decepticons. You couldn't lead a parade. Make sure he's offline this time. His spark chamber is empty. His life force has been extinguished. Dump that piece of traitorous garbage where it belongs. is keeping me online. A piece of the Allspark. Indestructible, inextinguishable, which makes little old Starscream immortal. Prepare yourself, Megatron, you puppet scrap heap, for my vengeance will be swift and painful!